Welcome back to In The Clinch. Uh, been far too long, feels like. Uh, but we're back in your lives, so don't panic. And we're here with a uh, review of 2021. Hell of a year for uh, MMA and the fight world in general. Joseph, how you doing, mate? Uh, pretty good. Happy New Year. Yeah. Last year was a pretty phenomenal year for MMA. Fight every year. It gets better and bigger. Like without fail every single year so uh, we're here to uh, to review but also to look ahead yeah. what might come this year it is 10 days into the year already so <laughs> apologies <laughs> but we're here and we're happy and we're here to uh, provide you with the good stuff so uh, without further ado Joseph let's just get straight into it 2021 in review we're going to start with everyone's favourite category. Top three knockouts of the year. <laughs> because <laughs> who doesn't enjoy more seeing someone's lights get conclusively <laughs> shut out? Do you want to start with yours? Should we go three to one? Yeah, so three to one. So uh, firstly, I just want to say that this is just like the most ridiculous category to try and pick from. <laughs> but... I think there are obviously standouts. So number three, uh, I went with Yuri Prohaska on Dominic Race. Um, uh, like fucking spinning elbow that left him like on his neck. And that was what was particularly brutal about it. The way he fell on his neck it was so horrible. He was just fucked. He was just done. Uh, so yeah, that's number three. Number two, Bahamondi's. That was just fucking limbs. Like, I think that's one of the greatest knockouts of all time. Fucking four seconds left of a war. And he just backs out a spinning heel kick that literally leaves his opponent dead, completely unconscious. That was unreal. And then number one, I've gone with San Hagen on Edgar because, yeah, it was like the cleanest flying knee. I have like honorable mentions of uh, Chris Barnett. On Gian Volante. I mean, Gina Heavyweight throw that. Wild. And yeah, Usman. So many. One that we didn't talk about either was Derek Lewis on uh, Curtis Blades. That uppercut that fucking folded him like an ironing board. But yeah, they are they were mine. Mine are uh, very similar. Or yours, Matt. Very similar. I had Yuri at three as well. It was going to be between yeah. Yuri Perhaska and Corey Sanhagen at three. I didn't put Sanhagen at one just because he knocked out Frankie Edgar. And Frankie Edgar is not exactly in his prime. Beautiful flying knee, like one of the probably most clean flying knees you'll ever see. But yeah, as I said, Frankie Edgar's not like on top of his game at the moment. But yeah, Yuri, Yuri Prohaska's knockout on Dominic Reyes, as you just said, spinning elbow after a two round war. Like literally, he's one of my favorite fights. Um, but we'll get to that later. Just crazy war and then finishes it with a spinning elbow after just just a mad back and forth so yeah that was my number three my number two was Usman on Masvidal first first show back in front of a full sold out arena after months almost a year was it of fighting in front of no crowds so yeah it was a massive event and so much of the talk before that fight was Masvidal saying that Usman had no hands and that he didn't have the innate ability to put a man's lights out. And Usman's just like, you sure about that? 
puts his lights clean out one of the most clean one uh three twos you've ever seen in your life uh and yeah it was just one of the one of the holy fuck moments of the year as well um and then yeah. number one ignacio bahamondes uh with the the spinning wheel kit ko uh mm. edson barbosa-esque but in the last how many seconds of the, the, the last round there were four seconds left of the fight jeez that's some movie shit stuff yeah. you see in a movie that's crazy like that knockout's beautiful it's a shame it wasn't on a big card because uh that would have i mean it went fairly viral but if it had been on a big card in front of an audience as well that would have just put the cream on top of the cake eh? anywho yeah. those are our ko's yeah. <laughs> but i yeah, wanted to I... give a special mention to um sergio pettis that spinning <sighs> back fist like that on Horaguchi? three weeks ago yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was just like fucking like out of this world as well. And uh, and also got like Rose head kick on Whaley. That was so, just so clean. Like, I think that just got overshadowed by Usman Masvidal, I think. Again, if that was on a different card, that would have been like way more widely received. But because that happened and what Whaley got like straight back up. And the next fight, Usman fucking murdered Masvidal. Everyone kind of forgot, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a fucking sick knockout. Yeah, there was. There's so many, um, so many honorable mentions. So many. I mean, yeah. even Poirier knocked out McGregor in January yeah. 2021. Uh, Poirier McGregor too. Um, we'd never seen McGregor his lights shut out like that. I know he'd yeah. been out for ages, but. As as always, but still, that's like that's insane. <laughs> Barbosa knocking out Shane Burgos with that yeah. like delayed onset knockout. That was mm. insane. There's just there's so many like so many so yeah. So many. So, it's hard, really hard to come up with a comprehensive list. But yeah, uh, top three is almost not doing it justice. But yeah, got be done. Otherwise, we'd be here for oh. seven hours. Uh, oh, oh my days. Go on. Fiziev fucking knocking out Brad Riddell. Yeah, Fiziev. Fiziev's got two um, massive <laughs> knockouts this year. His knockout of, uh, what's his name? Brazilian guy. It was like a body, like a, a fucking body hook to overhand combo. Put the yeah. guy, clip Moicano, put him out clean. Oh, Moicano, yeah. Mate, that and the Riddell knockout. Just, Fiziev's a monster. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then lo- last one I want to say, just Marlon Vera front kicking. Eddie. Yeah. Marlon Vera front kick. Yeah, that's another one. Jeez. But yeah. Yeah. We'll move on now because we could just do this fucking all day. We could. We could. Next category, ladies and gents, top three submissions of the year for all you jujitsu grappling aficionados. I'll go with my three to start with. Yeah, go. Just to switch up the order. At three, this was tough. I had... Uh, Vicente Luque's Darth on Michael Chiesa um, before that fight was billed as a kickboxer against a grappler Luque's the kickboxer Chiesa the grappler uh, and Luque was in like I, I think Chiesa initiated the grappling and, and then um, was in like a pretty tricky position and then just turns around Darth is Michael Chiesa um, so that was that was sick it was between that and the hooker Makachev so Islam yeah. Makachev, Kimura, Dan Hooker as well. That was a six up because it was so early on. And 
you'd never seen Hooker dominated on the ground like that. So that was mad impressive as well. Um, number two, I had Andre Muniz against Jacare Souza. Souza. Never seen Jacare submitted in the UFC. Andre Muniz said before the fight he'd submit him. Don't think anyone really took it that seriously. And he goes and breaks Jacare's arm. So, yeah. <laughs> Pretty impressive when you think about it. Again, though, Jacare, a little bit past it now. He's approaching the end of his career. And then number one, Brandon Moreno, rear naked choking, Davison Figueredo to secure the flyweight title. Shit was just so inspirational. I know that holds a special place in your heart. So I'll let you riff on that one. <laughs> what were your subs, mate? Yeah, I like changed up my list since, since we last spoke. Uh, I've gone with uh, gone with Aspinall, choking out Olovsky at number three. Because uh, I watched it again the other day. I completely forgot that that he did that. And um, I think that was a like big moment for Olovsky. Yeah. When he like just piecing him up on the feet and then just out of nowhere took Olovsky down, took his back and were naked like within a few seconds. Uh, and that was just like so impressive to see. Um, number two, gonna have to just go with uh, yeah, Luke's Dars against Chaser, like like you said, so early on in the fight, um, just so clean, looked like so good. The whole the narrative of <clears throat> Chaser like being a grappling, it's gonna be like a grapple fuck, and then yeah, it was the opposite of that. And yeah, number one is Moreno, like genuinely. For me, like, moment of the year as well. It was just fucking beautiful, man. So beautiful. Had his back for so long. Just worked it so well. Like, maintained position for, like, a good minute and a half. And just waited. Like, so calm and collected. Um, and just his performance, all the, the whole fight as well. He was so calm and collected for the rematch. Uh, yeah, just special, man. Seen his reaction as well. Just so oh, man. Yeah, his post-fight interview uh, with Joe Rogan after that is like, <laughs> warms the soul because you can see how Not much even, it means. I don't even think it's his post-fight interview. It's the picture of him, like, standing, just, like, wandering. He looks like he's on... He looks like he's just... He's not there. He's just wandering around the octagon. Yeah. Just looking up, like, can't believe, and drops to his knees and yeah. just, like, breaks down. Just, ah. Oh. He's got warms potential to be a serious like massive star as well because like Mexicans back their yeah. fighters like you could see even then like he didn't have the biggest following before that fight no but during that like you could see all the Mexican flags there it might have just been I mean might have had something to do with the location of the fight that's where it was like California or something or Vegas it so was near, of, it was in um, was near Mexico that's where yeah it was on the board I can't remember I think it was <coughs> Texas I want to say but yeah it was near Mexico you heard the reaction of the crowd when he won yeah, they went fucking mental. Like it was sick. Yeah, but uh, but as yeah. you said, it was one of your favorite moments. All your favorite moments. That leads us on nicely to our top three moments of the year, or I've, as I've put it, top three holy fuck moments that made you just think, oh, holy, holy fuck, fuck. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you want to go with your your three first? Yeah. So. uh this was hard. There's so many, but yeah, I've gone for number three. Um, <laughs> feel bad having this as number three, but 
Uh, Nate Diaz slapping Leon Edwards in that fifth round and wobbling him. Uh, or not slapping him, like rocking him with the Stockton slap and the cross. He, he kind of set it up with a slap, didn't he? Yeah. Left slap and to like, a right straight. Or even that was just the way. That was like the moment of the year where I got up and was like, yeah, holy fuck, what the mm. hell is going on? Like, yeah. if Nate manages to win this mm-hmm. after getting dominated. Um, yeah, number two was Volkanovski, like escaping both chokes. I mean, yeah, need less, no more needs to be said. And uh, number one, I know that you this isn't yours, but Ngannou stuffing the takedown against Stipe in, in the first round and then taking his back. Uh, I just thought that was just like the moment when it was confirmed for everyone watching that Ngannou is the motherfucker now. Like he's just, he's improved. He's the guy now. Like you can't, it's not going to be as simple as, you know, take him down and dominate. He's, he's, he's just improved too much for that. Uh, yeah, go on, what were yours? Yeah, you're damn right. That that was a great moment. Um, <clears throat> the only thing I'd say is I just wasn't that surprised by it. I just thought yeah. Ngarnu, if you look at him, <laughs> such a genetic specimen. And if he even had like an ounce of like high-level MMA training for a few more years after his first title, um, like shot, he just knew like it's going to take something pretty special from Stipe to beat him again. But, yeah. Just to see it, it's still like just so shocking anytime he knocks someone out because his power is just fuck. It's just like otherworldly, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. My top three moments. So at three, I had Alex Volkanovski escaping Ortega's submissions, both the guillotine and the triangle, which both looked to be in pretty deep. The guillotine more so than the triangle. There are a couple yeah. of, of adjustments that um, Ortega needed to make to make the triangle a bit tighter, but. The guillotine, man, just looked like it was, there's no way. Like, And the the thing that makes it so amazing is like, if you look at Ortega's previous fights where he's sunk chokes in, that's like his specialty. He's got, he just looks to have some insane clamp on him. Um, like tra- uh, classically Gracie trained jiu-jitsu black belt. Just you think in that scenario, he's going to come out on top. He's going to sub him. Um Volk's head went blue and he still escaped like just the just like the courage and sort of resilience to uh, get out of that scenario it's just just insane Um, and then to just dominate mostly the rest of the fight to be fair in the last round Ortega did come back but that was after some bullshit like where he got like some extra minute to recover but yeah any whom a holy fuck moment nonetheless uh, number two had Kamaru Usman's KO on Jorge Masvidal I know we've already mentioned it but just in terms of a moment that made me go holy shit what have I just seen like that I couldn't even conceive uh, Masvidal being knocked out before that because you just yeah. you just saw him as like one of the most durable fighters on, on the roster like to see him <laughs> see him knocked out like that was just like it's like you couldn't really believe that it just happened. It was ridiculous, and just solidified Usman as the man, uh, and the best pound for pound fighter in the world at this moment in time. It's just it's insane. Um, number one, 
I had Juliana Pena uh, beating Amanda Nunes. Uh, very, very few occasions have I lost my shit the way I did watching that fight. Uh, again, because I couldn't actually believe what I was seeing. In the back of your mind, you instinctively get to the point with Amanda Nunes where you're just like, yeah, she's going to crush every single opponent. She's like the Mike Tyson of women's MMA. Like, she just... It's not, it's not a matter of how she's going to beat her opponent. It's, it's how long it's going to take her. And that's been the case now for the last few years. And then Pena comes in. Um, <laughs> threatened a Kimura in the first round, which was sick. It's a little detail uh, that was actually sick. Like, it just kept Nunes off her, kept her from damaging her on the floor. And then the second round, <laughs> jabs Nunes's face off, like clean, jabs her face off. Nunez landed some big shots, but just the resilience to keep going um, basically proved that she had a bigger heart in that moment and then put Nunez... Basically just made Nunez quit. Uh, wasn't even... Didn't even look like a legit sub. Just made her quit. It was just insane. And the reaction of the commentators and the audience was... <laughs> yeah, it was sick. It was so uh, it was inspiring. It genuinely so Yeah, that inspiring. should be on my list. I yeah. completely forgot that that even happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a pretty big um, moment. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like... I'm so intrigued by the rematch as well. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Peña's just got her number or if it was just an off night for Nunes, but anywho, it was just, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so, uh, just mental. Absolutely mental. Yeah. Um, I uh, want honourable mention for Holloway against Oh, Taylor. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Slipping punches while fucking screaming that he's the best boxer in the UFC. Uh, but that was like, that That was almost a year ago to the day. Yeah. So, uh, that just no, that, about it. that was also, um, that was my number three, like, I, I, it was between that and the vocal Ortega uh, uh, moment, the subs, because, yeah, that yeah. was sick as well, like Holloway, <laughs> just going God mode and outboxing Cater. Yeah. Who's was before that? Everyone was saying his boxing's like insane, and Holloway's like, nah, <laughs> I'm just gonna look away and evade your punches at the same time, and while shouting at the commentators, yeah. like that was sick. That that was actually that was so sick as well. Yeah, but we move on swiftly. Digressing. Uh, top three fights. This is a big one, eh? I mean, yeah, in the fight. This is the fight game. Arguably the most important one, eh? Top three fights. I feel like we have... I think we have the same three. I do think they're standards. Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. What's your... I got... Yeah, go on. Gaethje Chandler three, Ortega Volk two, Jan Sanhagen one. We've got slightly different ones. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, I mean, you can, you can talk about yours. Then no, no, I want to hear yours, Matt. Go okay, on. so at three, I had Ortega Volk. Yeah. At two, I had Yeri Prohaska, Dominic Reyes. And at one, I had Chandler Gaethje. But it's a it's a subjective one because if you're looking yeah. at fights as is your favorite fight one that's like super technical, there's less holy fuck moments, there's less damage done overall, but it's like it's it's more technical, essentially. Because that, to me, is what, like, Jan Sanhagen was. Uh, a slightly more technical war. Um, whereas Chandler Gaethje is just, like, an absolute barn burner. 
you don't take a second to take a breath. It's literally just nonstop violence. It, it's down to what you, what entertains you more, what you appreciate more, I suppose. I can appreciate both for sure. And maybe there should be two separate categories for top three technical fights of the year and top three wars. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, that's that's how my thinking behind it. Jan Sandhagen was, was an unbelievably technical, but at the same time, kind of a war of a fight. Yeah. Um, even though Jan didn't really look like he was hurt or damaged or compromised at any point of that fight. But yeah, I mean, uh, Ortega Volk, <laughs> that was a sick fight. <laughs> the thing that was so mad about that fight is yeah. that I literally knew the result of the fight before mm. we watched it. And I knew that like Volk had managed to escape yeah. some deep submissions. And then watching the fight play out, knowing that, I was. It was still one of the best fights of the year. I think one of the best fights I've ever seen. Yeah. Just for the fucking like, mate, Ortega at the end of the third round takes a minute to get back up. Has his team pull him up. Gets fucked up in the fourth, and then comes out in the fifth round and like arguably wins it. It's like what the fuck? What the hell is going on? This yeah, is I, I do. I think there's an argument for that fight having to be stopped after the. Is it after the third round? fourth round yeah third round third round where Ortega was literally just dead like he couldn't get up he needed to be assisted up and then he needed like an extra minute between the rounds um, yeah which isn't actually allowed so then he came back one around yeah yeah he did like so now so but I mean he could have probably been DQ'd by default but obviously wouldn't have been a very popular decision but I mean yeah you can feel hard done by if you're Volk because you Beat the shit out of him, and then he got like an extra minute to recover. But uh, still won though. I think that's like kind of adds to it, you know. Yeah, uh, for sure. Kind of broke Ortega. He's like, "There's no way you can beat me. Can't beat me on the ground. Can't beat me in the stand up." Um, and then yeah. still did it. I briefly mentioned this fight before, but Yuri Prohaska Dominic Reyes is yeah genuinely one of my favorite fights ever because it's because of what Yuri brings to a fight. Like his style is so unorthodox and so unlike anything I've ever seen. The way he mixes shit up, his movement is so weird. <laughs> uh, hands down, most of the time, um, and just but just the, the way like some of his combos are just so creative. Uh, yeah, he's got he, he fucking had like some weird samurai zebra stripe thing sticking out of his head. Like who does this? <laughs> like this guy is so unique. It's uh, <laughs> Uh, it's just mad to watch, and then, but he also has the technical skills to back it up, and the yeah the ability to put people out. Uh, it's like every shot he throws, much like Rafael Fazir, like every shot he throws is has got malicious intent. And he's uh, the commentator during that fight is like, yeah, he's on the warpath, and he actually is. He's like an avalanche coming downhill. He's going to be a tough one to stop, like for real. <laughs> a stat on Yuri. Of his 28 career wins, uh, 27 are finishes. <laughs> of his 28 career wins, 27 are finishes. Like, he's, mate, he's fucking, he's actually different. He's genuinely yeah, different. Crazy. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of more of a personal thing as well with Yuri. I just think, and watch, it's, it's mad, that fight, what it means to the fight game as well. Like, Dominic Reyes goes from, in a lot of people's minds beating John Jones beating John Jones 
that's like the pinnacle of his night of his career now. Well, at the moment. Then loses to Jan so so loses to John Jones by decision, then loses to Jan Blakovic, then loses to Yuri Brahaska. Just shows how quickly things can change in the fight game. He could have gone from being considered pound for pound number one by beating John Jones to now on a two fight losing skit. Uh hey, he didn't just lose as well. He got brutally knocked he out. He got brutally times. knocked out, but he also had his moments. Like he nearly knocked yeah. Yuri out on multiple occasions. Like yeah. he shouldn't feel hard done by from that fight. But he his his left hand is a bomb. Like he was landing it at will. And Yuri was just eating it up. That's another thing about Yuri. His ability to take a punch is like is special as well. Like it's unlike anything I've seen. His his ability to just walk forward and like obviously he can't rely on that. But that's another thing I like about Yuri, his honesty after the fight, just being like, like he's he's the epitome of a good martial artist because he's very yeah. honest with himself. He could admit certain things that he did wrong. But anywho, that that fight to me is like easily one of the best of the year. Um, and then yeah, Chandler Gaethje at one. That's what I had. That was just chaos. The one word, just chaos, start to finish. Yeah. Chandler got murked in the second and third round goes without saying but again his ability to walk forward eat shots from arguably the hardest hit in 155 and just and not get knocked out somehow like all of so many of those shots were just like how is he not like how is he not dead like it's literally yeah. just eating Gaethje's heaviest shots like clean and he's just like nah <laughs> keep coming forward and Gaethje said after the fight, he's like, he was still dangerous because he's just so powerful. And he is. Like, yeah. Chandler is so powerful. So, yeah, that, that fight was just, that was, that was like an explosion in the cage. That was just mental. Love that fight. Yeah. No, I mean, no one needs to be said. Yeah. Anyone who watched that fight just knows. Well, a bit of a rant there. Apologies, guys. A bit in my feelings. But, <laughs> anywho. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've covered fighter of the year there. Fighter. Fighter of the fighter year. Fighter of the year. <laughs> Again, quite a subjective one. Yeah. Uh, who, who's your fighter? Like, Usman number one. Like yeah. three title defenses. Stands out, yeah. Yeah. Two even the like Gilbert Burns fight was mad. They were like teammates, Mazard out, out cold, Colby rematch, who won fairly dominantly. Goes about the same, like Usman, I think, is the pound for pound best fighter in the world at the moment. Um, number two, I mean, you have to go Oliveira, like Dustin and Chandler, like two amazing fights as well. And then number three, like, is Pena, right? Like, it has to be Pena for beating uh, Nunes. But uh, I went with Aldo just because his resurgence has just been, it's just made me so happy. Seeing him be robbed from again, like very decisively, and beating uh, Pedro Munoz earlier in the year, like and doing it in the way that he's done it as well is so fucking good. Like I'll never, I remember him uh, against Munoz, like checking the calf kicks, and it was just like in a way that no one had done just yet. At the time he fought Munoz, just after. Uh, Weidman got his leg, leg snapped, like calf kicks were the new thing. It wasn't far after um, 
Connor had 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 his leg eaten by Dustin in the first fight. And yeah, Aldo just completely nullified Munoz and then beat the fuck out of Rob Font. I mean, we watched that together. I don't know how that wasn't stopped earlier because he got the shit beaten out of him. Uh, so yeah, mine's Aldo. But that's, again, like from just more of a nostalgic, fighter-friendly uh, view. But I feel like Pena, even though she's only won like, one fight, it was like the fight. <laughs> so I feel like Pena has to be on there somewhere. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, one fight. That's the only thing, isn't it? Yeah. Fire of the year for me as well as Usman. Um solidified himself as best fighter in the world in the UFC roster. Three finishes. Like, not really more you can say about that. Well, nah. no, he didn't finish uh, Covington, did he? Fight. He finished Covington in the first fight. Apologies. Yeah, Either way, finishes. still beating Covington's like still a big yeah. deal. Nearly finished Covington. But yeah. Beating his own teammate who he was friends with. Yeah. Erkin Masvidal, like most viral moment of the year. And then, yeah, fuck, got to go to him. But then, yeah, yeah two for me as well, Charlie Olives. If anyone, if you'd asked anyone last year who's going to be a lightweight champ next year, I guarantee no one would have said Charlie Oliveira. Nope. Um, but he's proved everyone wrong. He's the fucking man. And I can't wait to see him fight Gaethje and then potentially Islam Makachev. If Islam Makachev moves his way up, that'd be very intriguing to see. And then um, number three, number three is so interesting. There's so I had, I had, um, yeah, I had Alex Volkanovski. Yeah, but then at the same time, I was like, there are others you can say. Like, depends, depends what you're, uh, how you, how you look at it. Like, I had, oh, I had Sean O'Malley as well because he's got yeah. three three finishes, Mate. well, three KOs, three fights, three They're KOs. All gone. Cyril Garn went from Cyril like, Garn, no one yeah. really last year, he's won three fights, now he's in a title fight. Like Yeah, Cyril Garn, yeah. He has to have has spe- uh, special consideration as well. Yeah, like relatively unknown at this point last year. And yeah. now he's fighting for a title in a couple of weeks. It's fucking mad. Um I was gonna say Glover as well, but again, Glover only had yeah. one fight. So Kamza. Kind of like, I don't know. Hamza, yeah. Hamza again, only like, had one fight, but like one fight. he's literally the most probably most talked about prospect in the world of MMA. Yeah, um, definitely. Like, can't really look anywhere now without seeing Hamza. Paddy Pimblett. <laughs> Went yeah, from yeah, Paddy. Unknown, like being relatively unknown to like, a, pretty much a superstar already. Has a seven fight, uh, sorry, seven figure deal with Barstool Sports. It's like one of the yeah. most groundbreaking deals that anyone's ever seen. Like it's never happened with a UFC fighter with one um, one fight on their record like yeah. he's basically jumped to a higher amount of wealth than McGregor did after his first like four fights after one fight like yeah. that's pretty insane so yeah Paddy Paddy the baddie for his own reasons definitely up there as well his performance in his debut was fucking mental as well yeah um, but yeah so yeah uh, Usman is the king let's be honest he's got to be yeah. if he's not your fire of the year like I don't know what you're smoking, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Just fuck off, Matt. Yeah. Uh, fighter of the year. Then we had... You've got debut of the year on your list, but did we say we're still doing debut? Uh, yeah. But we have yeah. the same three. So, I mean, number one, Paddy. Number two, Gary. Number three, either Pereira or McKinney. Yeah. I mean, there aren't many more than that, I don't think. Yeah. So, 
Should we go into it or? Yeah, no. The people know Paddy, Matt. People know Paddy. Debut of the year. Paddy's a baddie, please admit. Yeah. Uh, round of the year, mate. Round of the year. Go on, you go first. I've got... <laughs> this was tricky. I had either Charlie Olives, Dustin Poirier, first round. Because that was fucking mental. That was a nice mix of just super technical striking. Um, a couple knocks down, knockdowns for DP. But then Olives just coming on strong towards the end. Landing loads of knees, body shots. Um, yeah. Even, it, it's one of those rounds, yeah, where DP outlanded on the not on the significant strike numbers yeah when you were watching it you could see the momentum wasn't exactly in dp's favor it was like mm, olives is still in this like he's still landing a lot he's doing mad body work as well um, yeah yeah just for a technical round where they n- neither really stopped fighting the whole time um but also just displaying like immense technique that was sick that was a wicked round um so yeah i had that at three I had Volk Ortega round three um, and number two because that was the round of the the crazy submission attempts and obviously mm. Volk escaping and then coming back. That was fucking ridiculous. Um, and then at number one, I had Je- uh, Chandler Gaethje round one or round yeah. three just because both were just fucking mental. And yeah, I was pretty much, first time I watched it, I was just shouting the whole time, like, oh, oh, like I've never, <laughs> that's one of the few fights where I've just been doing that for like five minutes straight. My mum's walked in and think, like, thinking I'm like having a stroke or something, but I'm not, I'm just, I'm just reacting to an absolute fucking war. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I've got the same view. I've got Volk Ortega number one, uh, round three. I think that's like the best round I've ever seen, to be honest. That was just so insane. Like for Volk to come back from both subs, sub or submission attempts like that, just fucking ridiculous. Uh, number two, Chandler Oliveira, round one. That was just sick. Like, I remember telling you two at the time as well. I remember that was just such a bang of a round. And then, yeah, number three, Chandler Gaethje, round one as well. Uh, yeah, for reasons you said as well, just absolute barn burner. Yeah, no, 100%, mate. So we've covered our fights of the year. Last one, performance of the year. Performance of the year. I've got Pena three, Usman against Mazadal two, and Holloway v Kato one. I would uh, say even Volk, Volk against Ortega in terms of Volk's performance. Yeah. Insane. Or Moreno v um, Figgy. Or actually, I really, a sleeping dog. Blahovic against Adesanya. The yeah. Start of the year. And Blahovic, or and then yeah, Texera against Blahovic as well. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. My look, my I think my list would look pretty similar to yours as well. To be fair, yeah. mate. Yeah, hundred so, percent. The winners and the losers of the year, mate. Okay, <laughs> my three winners. I had, I had. Well, again, pretty similar uh, to my fighters. I had Usman. I had Usman at one. Literally. Solidifies himself as the best fighter in the world. Charlie Olives at two. And then I had at three was difficult. I had Hamzat or I had Hamzat or Volk, O'Malley or Paddy the Baddy. Just uh, as you, if you're looking at it from a business perspective as well, because obviously the world of MMA 
now it's not just all about who's the best fighter it's like who can make the most noise who can get people engaged and like you've got to look at people like Hamzat O'Malley and Paddy the Baddy with that respect um, and then you compare that to those people to someone like Volkanovski who is like clearly the best fighter in his division at his weight yet probably doesn't yeah. have the following or isn't really talked about in the same vein as those guys so it just depends how you look at it really but yeah my uh, winner my main winner was Usman and then my losers uh, <laughs> Reed kind of losers after you mentioned your winners first yeah it's hard to go beyond uh, Usman Olives and Hamza I think yeah. they are the three really like I think you could say like maybe Islam but nah it's hard to look past those three, I think. Um, so, yeah, losers. Losers is more interesting, I think. Yeah, 100. Uh, losers. I had, at three, I had John Jones. Uh, <laughs> just because of his his domestic violence mishap. And the fact that he still hasn't fought. Because I just can't remember the last time he fought. For like quite a long time ago. I know he's moving up to heavyweight, but take your time, John. Uh, yeah. number two I had the Mac Conor McGregor um, I was kind of a little bit like it just felt quite gimmicky the pre-fight for the Poirier third fight just because after the second fight or before the second fight he was so respectful and like he was like Conor the man of charity Yeah. then lost and then I think he bought into the idea of people saying like oh he needs to be mean to be good like that doesn't make any sense. Like you can still you can be a nice guy and then still like fight your ass off the next day. Like it don't really matter. But yeah, it just felt so forced. Like the pre-fight press conference where he was suddenly the bad guy again. It was just like, yeah, fucking hell, gonna mate. You don't need to be doing this. You're billionaire now. Just chill. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's winning. Obviously, he's winning so many other aspects of life. But number one, this is uh, this is kind of harsh. But yeah, I had T Wood. <laughs> <laughs> just because like he went from being considered one of the greatest worldweights full time to like just going on some mad losing skit getting dasped by Vicente Luque this year and then losing the first fight to Jake Paul kind of controversially and then taking another fight with Jake Paul and being knocked so clean out like knocked out way more cleanly than we we've ever seen him sort of finished or KO'd within the UFC so yeah it was uh, not a great year for T-Wood I guess financially he probably gained quite a bit from those pool fights but yeah yeah <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> got Cody Garbrandt number three oh yeah fuck just being a fucking being Cody really like I <laughs> like, yeah oh you want to laugh in uh, the face of a Maui Doing the hacker, do you? Uh, that'll probably end well for you, Matt. Uh, yeah, I'm just more than a fan of his antics before the fight, off before the fight as well. And Rob Font beat the fuck out of him as well. Like Font took him to the clinic um, and jabbed his head off when they fought earlier in the year. Um, <laughs> number two uh, is Nick Diaz because. They were just embarrassing, really. Like, I just want to forget that, that ever happened. 
very happy for this year because uh, I'm not even going to say anything else. And yeah, number one, Gobby Woodley. But then, like, Woodley's probably made fucking so much money off the boxing pool that, like, is he really that big a loser? I don't know. Like, his pride has definitely taken a big L. He didn't L, lose but... financially, but just in terms of his legacy, like, he, I yeah. remember listening to him it's years completely ago. completely ruined now. Yeah. I remember listening to, me, to him years ago when there was talk of him fighting GSP. And, um, but Woodley just talking about how he saw himself as probably the greatest welterweight of all time and that he'd finish his career as the greatest welterweight of all time. And like he looked yeah, like he had man. the potential to do that and then kind of just yeah. didn't. So, yes, I guess on a personal level for him, like performance-wise must be quite disappointing. But but he did, like he became champion quite at quite a, an older age anyway. So, yeah. anywho. I think um, I had another... I had an honourable mention in Hedestus Bukowskis just because, like, I I mean, get your knee fucking ripped apart and I then get caught from the I wouldn't UFC class him as a loser. I'd class him as fucking unlucky, man. Way unlucky. Yeah, uh, perhaps. And then I had Sandhagen as well just because, like, the way he lost the TJ fight and the Yan fight. So close, but, yeah, so far. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> how, how things could be different if, yeah uh, yeah if, if he made a few adjustments absolutely but yeah so, like yeah it's clearly cody and woodley are uh the main two yeah i think and nick diaz man fucking again i wouldn't class nick diaz as a loser though. i just think ah. i wouldn't i genuinely he's a legend of the sport and because of what he's done already it's like Nah, I can't. I can't. I can't even view him as a loser. I just think he probably needed to fight, maybe financially. I don't know, but yeah, he, I, I just can't say a bad word about Nick Diaz. Just fucking <laughs> such a G, yeah. such a legend well, of the sport. Let's just, we'll just move on then, man. We will. We will. Uh, predictions for twenty twenty two. Okay, so who are your champs going to be at each uh, each weight class? So we'll go women strawweight or strawweight first. Women sure, I reckon Esparza is going to beat Rose. You think Esparza is going to beat Rose Namajunas? Yeah. It's a big claim. But after seeing Peña beat Nunes, like, yeah, anything's possible. And uh, Esparza did out-wrestle her in the Ultimate Fire. Yeah. But that was, like, fucking years ago. Yeah. Nah, it's bold, Matt, but... Uh, and um, if you don't think Rose, Rose with Trevor Whitman at the helm is not going to be drilling wrestling like a, an absolute mad woman before that fight. Eh, surely mistaken. But go ahead. I got Shevchenko, still flyweight. Um, and then bantamweight, I've got no idea. I literally have not got a clue. Because I, I had, think... Yeah, I had Rose. I had Rose and, and Shevchenko as well. And then bantamweight. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've gone with Nunes. Yeah. Thing is, yeah, is that... If the UFC signed Kayla Harrison from mm. PFL, then mate, did I you see know. they had a plant like that was the pl- that was the seed. Yeah, Kayla that Harrison was, the was there. They were going to promote that fight yeah, after Nunes beat. Yeah, Dana White looked disappointed putting the belt on um, Pena. Yeah, because the fight was going to be so, Kayla like, Harrison few, and their teammates as well. So it would have like been a great storyline. Would have worked. It like doesn't have anywhere near the same pull as a uh, new as, as Pena v. Harrison, so yeah, 
I'll go with Nunes. I reckon Nunes will get the bell back and then see what happens. But no, I don't know. Okay. Uh, men's flyweight. Uh, I've gone with Askarov. Askar Askarov. Wow. I've gone Brandon yeah. Moreno. Nah, I think Askarov's got another thing coming. When uh, oh, sorry, not Askarov. I think everyone has another thing coming when Askarov gets there. I just think his grappling. It's literally fucking 125, Khabib, with Is mad it? hands. So, uh, yeah, I feel like by, by the time the year's out, um, yeah, he'll be there, mate. I think Moreno's going to knock him out. I hope uh, he does. If they but... cross paths. <laughs> yeah, uh, 35, yeah. Phantom weight, got to be Peter Yan, surely. Yeah, no way. Anyone, no one's beating Yan <laughs> this yeah. year. Peter Yan. Piotr Yan. Uh, featherweight. This is an interesting one. You threw an interesting spanner in the works the other day when you mentioned G- Giga Chikadze. I was thinking, hmm, yeah, that is interesting. Because <laughs> if he's as good as a lot of people are making him out to be, maybe he's the, uh, maybe he's Volk's kryptonite. But... No, I don't think he is, Matt. <laughs> no, do I reckon Volk will be the champ by yeah. the end of this year. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, so hard to bet against him after that, that Ortega performance and after having beaten... Holloway twice. It's like, who's going to challenge Volk, really? I mean, yeah. If Zabit comes back and Zabit improved his conditioning, yeah. he could be. I was going to say, up there. Where is Zabit? Yeah, where is Zabit? Let me ask, where does Zabit fit into all this? Yeah, where does he fit into all of this? He's like a sleeping giant. But yeah. Yeah, hopefully we see him come back because he's, he's insane. But getting sidetracked. Uh, lightweight, I've gone Charlie Olives. But part of me thinks. Could be Islam Makachev, but I've gone Charlie. Yeah, I've gone for I've gone for Islam. Uh, now my boldest claim: Hamza will be the double champ by the end of the year, one seventy yeah. and one eighty five. Yeah, yeah, so, I, remember, uh, I remember you saying that. I said well. I'm at me, mate. Yeah, even Islam. though we've been begging up uh, Usman this whole podcast <laughs> about how amazing nah, he is, he's best fighter in the world. We're just like, yeah, now nah, Hamza's going to be the welterweight champ <laughs> next year. This time next year, Hamza. Yeah. Uh, it is a very bold claim because Hamzat really like we haven't seen him challenged or fight anyone. Here's the thing, yeah, of right, and notable, you know, quality. He's fighting. Rumor has it he's fighting Burns next. Right? Sure, sure. If he beats Burns, he deserves a title shot. Like I think if anyone, if you beat, oh yeah, Gilbert Burns or a Colby. I think you deserve a title shot. That's such like, an I'm insane sorry, jump. But that, yeah. The jump well, in quality. For him to beat Gilbert. Yeah. But like, would you agree if he beats Gilbert? Title shot? Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. And yeah. but if he can, I just, I would be blown away if he's able to make it look as easy against Gilbert Burns as he has against his previous opponents. Yeah. But. I would. He is. Ma- he look at the same time. He looks fucking massive. Like yeah. he literally looks massive. There are videos of him walking next to like, like heavyweights, and he looks doesn't even look that much smaller. He looks fucking massive. Hands he, up. when he wrestled Hermanson, he looked bigger than Hermanson, who's a fucking big middleweight. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's but why he, I think. Yeah. If he wins, he beats Usman. He has the belt. Call out Izzy, like that. There's yeah. no way if you campaign hard enough for to be double champ, the UFC aren't going to say no because how 
comes out such a big star. Like, that's what they want. And then Izzy, you can't say no to that if you're Izzy. You've got to be like, oh, yeah, all right, fine. And that's the thing with middleweight and welterweight. There are no, like, outstanding contenders either, really. Like, this is obviously assuming that Bobby Knuckles or that uh, Izzy beats Robert Whitaker. But then what? You've got Derek Bronson v. Cannonier. Yeah, would you rather see Hamzat v. Izzy or the winner of that v. Izzy? Yeah, exactly. No I mean, middleweights are really putting their hands up, are they? No. Nah. And to be honest, no welterweights either, apart from, like, Leon. But the EFT just keep fucking Leon over. And then, like, no one else. Like, Usman's beat everyone else, so... I like I can just see it's a perfect path for him that to come in and just double champ grab both double so, champ yeah man. so I on my original list I had Izzy and then I thought about it and I was like oh geez if Hamzat fought Izzy he might just be able to wrestle fucking yeah uh, and if he did hey Hamzat double champ congrats so yeah it could that could well be the case I think yeah that's that's a that's that is an interesting one. Light heavyweight. I've gone with Yuri Prohaska. I'm yeah. a fanboy. <laughs> no, I've gone for the same. I yeah. think uh I think he'll beat Glover. And then again, when you look at the contenders like Jan's fighting racket, I reckon Yuri could beat both of them. Uh, Anthony Smith is number four. Santos is fighting Ankalaev. Yeah. I feel like there's no one who will cause ham- um Yuri significant problems on the ground apart from Glover and Yan. So I'd like to see uh this is quite a bold one, but I'd love to see Yuri fight John Jones. I'd love to see how that looks. I would fucking love to see that. Yeah. Early doors, yeah, but like Yuri has proved himself outside the UFC. He's not like some just like he's he's uh he's paid his dues. He's yeah he's been in the game for like a long time. And he's just coming to UFC whilst he's like peaking. So yeah. yeah, I'd love to see him fight John Jones. So a year at light heavy and then heavyweight. I've oh, <laughs> I've said Cyril Garn or John Jones, which is like a massively bold claim because to look past Ngannou right now seems ridiculous. Yeah. Just because of his his power is I mean, it's so easy to say it's gonna be one of those three, but <laughs> I yeah. think it's gonna be one of those three. <laughs> Who exactly though? Jeez. Uh, coin. Yeah. I don't want to say it, yeah. I don't want to say it, but I feel like it will be gone. I feel like I could see Garn beating Nganu and then winning a rematch. Oh, in fact, no, there wouldn't even be a rematch because God, he'd fight we'll come John on Jones. To this later. Yeah, he'd fight John Jones. But yeah, the thought of Garn beating Nganu and John Jones in the same calendar year is just fucking and then where does Stipe fit into all of this as well? Like Stipe wants to fight. I was about to He's ask like, you that. Who who is so so this isn't a category, but like who do you think John Jones's first fight at heavyweight should be? It should be Stipe, right? Like that makes all the sense in the world. Like mm. someone Stipe is well rounded. He can deal with Jones in like every aspect. Like, cause if you give him someone like Derek Lewis, looking at the rankings, right? Derek Lewis is number three. Blades number four, Volko five, and Rosenstrike six. Like, really? Are you really going to give John Jones a run of them over a former champ, Stipe? I think that might be the best way to put some respect on Stipe's name because, like, people yeah. still don't really respect Miocic. If he was to beat John Jones, I think finally people would actually start giving him the credit that he actually deserves. 
because a firefighter as well. Like he's literally a UFC champ in his spare time. And he fucking firefights. He's that, Captain America. Like that in itself, he should be like one of the biggest stars in the UFC. But just not because he doesn't have the personality. In yeah, Cleveland, though, it, apparently he's like a god in Cleveland. So I'm sure he's he such a really, nice guy. Yeah, when you hear him speak as well. Like he's such a nice guy. Yeah, when you when you can shit. understand like what he says. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, I'd like to just put a name out there as well as a dark horse. I don't think it will be this year, but Tom Aspinall, Matt, is going to be the fucking UFC heavyweight champion one day. Yeah, I can see that too. I can see that too. Honestly, I think he could challenge for it now, but it just wouldn't be. Yeah, yeah the way he's looked, I certainly think he could he could hold his own right now against the big boys. For sure. I think him be gone would be a tremendous matchup. Yeah. But alas, we digress. That's it really, I guess. Or like give me just one fight you want to see in twenty twenty two. If you could wherever you magic wand, what would it be? It would be Hamza and Usman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's my instinctive answer. Hamza and Kamaru Usman. Because Kamaru Usman's looked very, very, uh, just kind of undeniable, and it would just be insane to see Hamza. Like, if Hamza was able to do to Usman what he's been able to do to his previous, it's such a big jump, though, to be like, <clears throat> okay, so he ragdolled Lee Jing Liang, great, but can he do that to Usman? It's such a big question, yeah, <laughs> or. Or maybe he'll just he'll give Usman like a war, and then but just get the better of it. I don't know. It's it's mad to think what he's capable of though, just because of how easily he's beaten his opponents thus far. But yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's the main one for me. Yeah, yeah. I think if Ngannou beats Gone, I want to see Ngannou beat John Jones. Like, I really, really, really want to see that. Um. But if not, then yeah, Usman v Hamza has to be Usman v Hamza. I think that is that's the fucking seed, Matt. That's just it. Um, but yeah, well, here's to another fucking good year of MMA, Matt. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Oh, actually. To be honest, it will hold such a special place in my heart. Working night shifts fucking every day. Like the only thing at times I had to keep me from fucking killing myself was <laughs> UFC on the Saturday nights. And like perfectly worked out because I was going to bed at like five, half five in the morning anyway. Literally think I watched every single fight card up until like September when I came up to uni. But before that, I'm pretty certain I watched every single fight card. So, yeah. I want to say thank you to fucking UFC, Matt. Because uh, uh fucking saved me from some dark, dark times. We're seeing people get brutalized. Stop you from <laughs> brutalizing yourself. Gave me joy, Matt. Yeah. No, fair enough. And, and this podcast as well was a result of 2021 MMA. So, there you go. Yeah. Probably been the best year thus far. Yeah. And, um, 
We it, it has been until 2022 turns around and yeah, well, Kamzat becomes double champ and fucking but, you know. and Garni <laughs> knocks John Johnny's out. But yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Masvidal see flying things... news to Colby. Yeah. I, I don't know about that one. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how things play out. <laughs> yeah, so and the UFC is finally back this weekend after like four weeks off. Um, it's been hard. It's been tough for everyone, but we made it. And here we are. It's fight week. Uh, Giga Jakadz fighting Calvin Kato. Kato coming back like almost a year, exactly a year after his uh, pretty brutal loss against Holloway. It's an interesting one. Volk v Max was announced the other day, the trilogy fight. However, the day after it was announced, Max pulled out with injury. So don't really know why or how that happened, but there we go. And uh, I think if if Giga wins, I think Giga deserves it. Like, I know he hasn't really fought that many top guys, but there isn't anyone else really. I really like the idea of Korean Zombie v Volk, but I don't think Korean Zombie's really done enough to warrant a title shot because he lost to Ortega and then he beat um, Dan Ego. So, yeah, I think if Giga wins, and I think Giga will win in pretty exciting fashion, unfortunately for Kato, I'd be very interested in seeing Giga revoke. But, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on that fight, Matt? Yeah, I think Kato is unlucky. He's had to fight Holloway in God mode, and now he's fighting fucking Giga Chikadze. He looks like a motherfucker at 145. I think it's Giga Chikadze... Yeah. Like, it's a horrible stylistic match. Chikadze's going to kick his body off. Um, and, yeah, it's just... I love I, I like Kater but I think uh, Chikadze is gonna gonna do him I think I don't know if he'll finish him but he might yeah I think Chikadze will probably just get the better of him in the stand up and that'll be that yeah. yeah yeah well we've been going for a while so we'll leave it at that yeah it's been a pleasure as always guys uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll fucking see you in the next one that we will enjoy the UFC being back everyone Take care.